0: Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans and on this week's Stop Hammer Time, how will social distancing make offside decisions? Will they be easier or more difficult with the players two metres apart from each other? Also, we've heard that the elderly and those with pre-existing health conditions are most vulnerable to this terrible disease and therefore concerns about Pablo Zabaleta and Jack Wilshire increase triple fold. Here to discuss all of those, as usual, Jim Grant... Good evening. Hello, Jim. We're all social distancing. How are you doing? You're self-isolating. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm back at virtual <laughs> work now because oh, social
2: So it's um it's hard work actually yeah. this distant learning. I'm having yeah. to do things like
0: plan lessons that I've I've never that been you don't normally work. do. Yeah. I mean, also with us this week, uh, we're very pleased to have them. It is, um, uh, we first met him on this podcast uh, years ago alongside Jeremy Nicholas because they were basically a double act of a stadium announcer and a stadio DJ. Uh, It's great to have him back. He is still the DJ at uh, the Thunderdome. It is, of course, Russ Budden. Russ, DJ Russie B. Budden. Hi, Russ. How are you doing? Very well, Phil. How are you? Good to see you back. You
1: too. Good to see you back.
0: You have uh, dressed in one of the uh, one of the best kits of the last few years, the, the Adidas uh kit with the, the sort of um you know oh, sort of horizontal narrow horizontal stripes. It was a good mm. kit that wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good good year that was. That was when we beat Tottenham three years away. All very satisfying. Mm. Also, joining us from Pacifica, California. It is uh, one of the founders of Fortune's voice Hiding, possibly the greatest football fanzine of all time. Um, uh, begun by himself, Phil Jubitus, Don Peretta, Joe Norris and Pete May uh, Have I covered everyone? I believe I may have done It is Steve Rapport Hi Steve, how are you? Oh, I can't hear Gone quiet. You've all gone quiet We can't how hear you oh, Leon, can, can Steve be heard? Steve, speak again Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, oh. there we are Great, great how are things over there?
3: Pretty good, actually. It's uh, sunny, ocean. No football. We haven't lost uh, a game in nearly two months.
0: Steve, of course, was a uh, top-notch rock photographer, a rock journalist photographer, but is now a martial arts instructor. You have just been teaching a uh, uh, a Skype class. Uh, what, what what was that in?
3: Uh, that was Zoom. Yeah, we do all Zoom classes oh, Zoom, now. Yeah, I, yeah. I was stretching class at lunchtime every day. In fact, my niece Mad, who's a West Ham fan, she lives in London. She was in the class just now. And then a meditation class because um, uh, we have got this fucking up for president, so we have to meditate every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, it's it's almost compulsory now. And uh, then I have a, a fitness class at six, and then a Taekwondo class at six thirty. Wow.
0: Really? Um. Yesterday, I watched the second of the Back to the Future films, which, due to a, a kind of sliding doors moment in history, means that Biff, uh, who is a character from the first film, uh, becomes incredibly rich and powerful. And it is a huge deliberate allegory about the possibility of Donald Trump, uh, you know, attaining a position of power and responsibility. It's like it's like a nightmarish, dystopian vision, rather than a kind of light Comedy film. It's like a precursor of what's happening now and takes on the grimmest possible cast. It could be like a Tarkovsky film or something. It's really bleak. Uh, yes, he is a massive fuck nut. So, um, yes, but of course, there is no football uh, around at the moment. Uh, still talk about how they're going to finish this Premier League season. Um, what, what do you think is going to happen? What do we think is going to happen? The last thing they can possibly, the the, the last shackle to come off uh, these, the the measures for uh, coronavirus will be groups of tens of thousands of people going to one place to do an activity. It's just got to be the last thing that will happen. So if they're going to finish this season, it's going to be sort of behind closed doors or something.
1: What do we think? What do you reckon? I think it. I think it. I think it will be behind closed doors. I think there's, you know, the fact is there's there's so much money in the game, and so much they could have to give back to Sky and BT. They have to play the games. I think. Um, Yeah. You know. um, I. I I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know you look at the was it the uh, Bundesliga? They're starting two weeks time, something like that. Um, Apparently. Same as Serie, Serie A as well, so I think everyone will watch that and see how they get on, and then and then move on. But um, yeah. I think I read today, Rush Green's open now for individual players to to warm to, to train. But, yeah, yeah,
0: wow, beauty uh, Yeah, yeah. It would be great for them to have some kind of, uh, some kind of like you know in um, you know in Enter the Dragon where uh, there's that martial arts tournament on some like volcanic island and everyone's floating. It'd be great if there was they found some island that all the Premier League teams go to and have a kind of Lord of the Flies or Battle Royale type sort of thing um, uh, to to uh, sort out sort out that to, to have some kind of tournament. That's sort what they tried.
3: Thing. I haven't understood why someone hasn't done like FIFA FIFA 2020 live football regular times like 3 p.m. Saturday. Yeah, it's yeah. live. Ninety minutes. Each team has their best, you know, gamer representing the team. Yeah. yeah. The manager picks the team, and those are the results. And then everyone would watch that live. And you Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. A lot of footballers have got nothing to do when they're not training, so a lot of them are probably really good at FIFA, aren't they? It's like, you know, you imagine like Antonio's probably quite good at it. And we send him out to sort of play, you know, uh someone from Southampton, Nathan Redmond from Southampton <laughs> versus they have been Antonio. Doing it. So you
1: know. they, they did they did the um, West Ham was it West Ham Tottenham? Antonio was playing Cessignon and they they both teams live streamed it and uh, I think the loser had to wear the other team's top I think yeah, uh, so they have done it, and you know, Formula One have done virtual, you know, Grand Prix and stuff. And um, uh, but the, I mean the, the best one for me is the darts. You know, blokes used to be playing darts in their house <laughs> and live streaming. It's absolutely brilliant, but it's perfect. But uh, um, when you said about the um, the 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 island, that's what Dana White tried to do At the UFC. Um, he tried to buy or rent an island to host the latest UFC um, exhibition matches, but unfortunately, it was um it was too expensive. But uh, yeah. 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 yeah, I'm sure we'd be
0: able to get Jersey fairly cheap. That's <laughs> be oh, surely. surely. <laughs> the Isle of Man. that. The Isle of Man, three legs. Man, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably still a lot of Nazi gold buried on uh, the Isle of Man, isn't
3: it? There? Plus, there's an extra leg for any team who needs one.
0: It's true. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, are you uh, are you missing the football over there, Steve? Oh no. And what are they doing about their sports? <laughs>
3: uh, nothing. Same no, same no, as no. here. Uh, it's just, just, just bizarre. Um, I'm not missing the football because we haven't lost for two months and that's the first time I can oh, remember that happening yeah. in a long
0: time. Yeah. No, we definitely, when that first game got, uh, well, we had that game moved because of City's um, commitments to that cup didn't we so that got moved and i thought oh good we don't have to play that for a while and then we had two difficult fixtures uh wolves and spurs called off and i was thinking this is great uh now everyone will have had the same sort of length of rest and it won't benefit us anymore didn't the city game get moved for some for for a storm or something was it the bad
3: weather it's a stormy sunday
2: yeah was it Oh yeah. yeah, that's right, the most, yeah, because yeah, we were going to go, weren't we? I wasn't going to be able to go because it was going to be on a Sunday for some reason, I couldn't go that Sunday Yeah, yeah and Then we went on
0: that That's evening. right, it got moved to that second date because of, they they were in a final of something, weren't they? Some weird
3: Yeah, it was a 3 leg final
0: Yeah, it must have been, on yeah, the Isle, Man, yeah. <laughs> the Isle of Man, obviously, yeah, yeah
3: Home away and Isle of Man
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, one thing uh, one thing we've been doing over these last uh, few uh, podcasts is uh, our good friend Rob Banks has been uh, digitizing and sticking up the uh, end of season reviews. Uh, we were sort of going through uh, uh, because obviously it's the, the the first one in this since this lockdown that he put up was uh, our first season back after. Um, uh the boys of 86. And what's gone up gone up lately is Makari's, uh Lou Makari's season. And I sort of watched all of those highlights today. And of course, this is sort of uh roughly the yo-yo years from kind of eighty-nine to ninety-three. That is fortunes always hidings in the entire period they carved out. It's funny because obviously uh when our team's doing well, um it's fun for everyone but also that during dark days fortunes was really excavating some pretty black comedy yeah that's nightmare right on, nightmare on green, street. green street yeah yeah john lyle
3: mickey mouse wearing a john lyle watch yeah
0: yeah <laughs> uh it's extraordinary but um watching those uh Highlights of the 89 of the eighty nine Season it's like It's a good team it starts off And um, Brady Plays a, quite a lot In that season Ward's there Paris is there Keen is Really good and, and actually for that for me Was after You know college And stuff I went a few times Well I went a few times throughout college But I went quite a few times in 88 because I remember Seeing Paul Ince a fair bit 89 we were going quite a lot Mummy, we, Jim, going back. Yeah. and that team was a good outfit. It was sort of a little. It's strange that it underperformed so badly. It got caught out by
2: you know, injuries to some key players in the defence, and and the backup central
0: defence was horrendous. A different a different set of players ran out every single week. That was part of the thing for me. Was was they just couldn't because Slater. I think he's he he scores on his you know home debut. Well, the the first game of that season, uh, um, and he was playing every game when he was fit. But he played for two games and then wasn't there for two games, and then played another yeah, two, and then yeah. wasn't there again. You know, um, and that was true of quite a lot of players. You know, Dolan had been at the club for years, but we would barely ever seen him. And that season, he played the majority of his still quite small number of games for us.
3: We had a very unkind cartoon of Eamon Dolan um, that, that Porky did, Phil Jupiter did. It was uh, Eamon Donkey Dolan. Yeah. it was actually a donkey in the cartoon, which was very unfair, really.
0: Well, he yeah. had a celebration, didn't he? The
3: Some kind of donkey celebration,
0: yeah. It was very, yeah. It was a sort of Irish dancey jig-type celebration that was... <laughs> Ill judged. I, I was a bit of an outlier,
3: Makari, because I actually I actually liked Makari as a manager. No one else did, I think. Um, and the players, from what I can remember, the players didn't like him and they wouldn't do what he said because he wanted them to train hard, and they didn't feel that was their responsibility. Um, so yeah. he was he he was trying to get us, you know, to be more professional. And I think they didn't really they weren't really interested. But I think he had good ideas, and, and he just wasn't well, popular. his um, his
2: legacy signings were good. You know, McClosco and Bishop and Morley. You know, um, that, that sort of yeah, that, yeah, that sort of sense in which um, you know, if he had stayed and things had been had been different, you know, he might have eventually kind of bent them to his will, and uh, he, he seemed to have an eye for a player in the transfer market.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, if he took over in the summer, I think that means he will have bought Martin Allen as well, unless he came in right at the end of Lyle. Oh, actually, when we yeah, had Allen, that because because that's his that's his debut season, Martin Allen. But I think I think he came he a bit tennis? later. Sorry, I think he came a bit later on,
2: didn't he? In no, it's season. that season. All oh, right. But I thought it was later in that
0: season, wasn't it? I don't think uh, so. mm, I don't think it is. Maybe it was. He starts playing from the word go more or less oh, in that okay. season. I might be wrong, but um No, it's a good, you know, I mean we were um we had a catastrophic period where we fell away. But basically we were trying to challenge to get out of the division. And it's not like we were in the bottom half the whole season. We were in the top half of for most of that season, we just didn't get a relegation place. We had a horrible run. <coughs> at the sort of time, Makari was fired. We were in a really bad run. Then his kind of slightly criminal behaviour at Swindon came to light, and basically the whole thing came together in a massive clusterfuck of yeah. you know probably some bad injuries as well, and also it. They turned over quite a lot of the side, like Morley and Bishop came straight in, um, and uh, Jimmy the tree Quinn. Yeah. But- so actually the the side had a massive turnover that was possibly a bit too much because it needed too long to bed in, you know. Um, but I think we finished quite strongly, didn't we, that season, because obviously uh, Bonzo had taken over. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I'm, to, I'm just trying to remember the back. End it went it. in about February. Makari went in about February. Yeah.
2: Okay. So, the didn't. So, McCloscoe didn't actually play a game whilst he was still manager, did he? Because there was a, there was a big wrangle to get the work permit sorted out, wasn't there?
0: Yeah. Well, we had to sign. Um, Parks got injured, and we didn't seem to have a backup goalkeeper because we got a loaner. Mm-hmm from like Palace or somewhere for for a couple of games. Uh, And then we bought McClosco, sort of in what would have been, you know, what is now the winter transfer window, but just happened to be winter. Um, Yeah. But it was... uh, Back then I always
3: thought it was the the manager who was responsible for how shit we were. And we always had the wrong manager, so Lyle had to go and then Bonds just wasn't dynamic enough and had to go and... On and on and on and on, and it eventually dawned on me that we're just a really shit club, and it's it's really it's really not the manager; it's the um, the zeitgeist at the club. There's something about you know the underachievement and the lack of achievement, no matter what players we have and no matter what manager we have, because it seems to be a, re- a cycle that's repeated over and over again. Even when we sign a really good manager, you know we've had, yeah. we've had two really good managers, and maybe they're just not that good at managing clubs that don't have top players.
0: No. Yeah, yeah. I think I think
2: there's been a. We talked about this kind of, you know, a couple of times recently. That there's been at crucial points a failure um, of of sort of leadership and vision at at kind of board level, Um, and it's not just the current lot. It it goes way back, and a failure to build and capitalise on, on on good times. You know, so you know when we've had strong teams and players coming through from the academy and, and and it looks as though it's all kind of moving coming together there's been complacency about that you know and, and, and people who have run the club have had a, a an attitude which which is well oh, things are all right now um, rather than sort of saying you know like kind of now we' we're, 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 we're we've had a decent season a couple of really you know let's, let's splash some cash and speculate to accumulate and that's never happened and you can point to the kind of mid 60s. You can look at the 85-86 season and the failure to, you know, we're, we're talking about a team now, weren't we, that, that three or four years before had been challenging for the title. And yeah. Then, um, same thing happened again when, when Nab eventually kind of stabilised things and built a decent team and we had the golden generation coming through. They sell the prize asset, you know. Um, in
3: What happened with that team was criminal. Going down with those yeah. players. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, even, well even getting rid of Redknapp and not replacing him with a good manager, we, you know, with—I with, mean, you know—the uh, 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 feeling. I had a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach when I heard that Rhoda had been appointed manager, and 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 he was a decent man, I think, but and and a bold, accounts a good coach, but just you know, if, if you're going to get rid of Redknapp, who built that team, you have to you have there had to be a step up appointment, didn't it? At that point, everyone yeah. could see that. Um, so, you know, yeah, and I think you're right, Steve. I think that's in the somehow that just seems to be in the water, you know. That's just kind of the kind of tradition of the way the club is run. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean he's you know, he's a sort of much reviled figure now, but we were talking a little bit about Paul Lintz uh last week, who when um sort of Bonzo sort of finally hung his boots up, uh and after the 86 season, Ince was that sort of natural successor. He was a kind of dynamic, quite powerful, hard-working midfielder. And we almost, the club almost let him down by not strengthening around him so that we get relegated. And he goes, well, I can go and play for Manchester United uh, or I could go and play in the second flight of football with a team that's gone, you know, worse, worse and worse. After a third place finish until it's relegated, you know, um, and we, we, you know, we lost him because we didn't do enough to keep him by making the team good, you know. Um, uh, because if we just put a few people kind of in front of him, we might have had a good sort of side. Yeah, it is, it is, it is you know, sort of in the culture of the team, you know.
3: It was uh, Ambrose Mendy, the uh, Spengali hands of Ambrose Mendy into his manager behind getting him in that Man United shirt for the Daily Mirror, I think, that photo. And um, funny story, I played in a, a charity five-a-side football tournament once, so QPR at Loftus Road uh, on, the, on the shitty pitch. And um, I was playing for a team with a bunch of West Ham fans, including Glenn Murphy from London's Burning. And Ambrose Mendy was playing, I think, for the Arsenal team. I think it was Tom Watts' team. And I think uh, Ambrose Mendy fouled Glenn Murphy, and he didn't like that, and he, and he actually punched Ambrose mainly in the face. And that was one of the most satisfying moments. Apparently... <laughs>
0: what, a, what a heartwarming story that was of a, of a delightful time in the club's history. Um, with that, we'll just take a brief uh, commercial break, and we'll join you after this. on Facebook uh, the other day, I discovered a, a Facebook page that's entirely devoted to uh, 1970s football. Uh, and this was more or less at the time that uh, uh, Norman Bites Your Head, uh, Bites Your head, bites your Legs Hunter uh, died. So it all seemed very appropriate in the set 1970s yeah. back. Um, have you back. Has anyone seen this page? It's all basically pictures of Ron Harris and Alan Hudson. And oh, I haven't Thornton. seen it, no malcolm mcdonald and people like that um but there was a sort of thread on it about uh songs turned into football chants and uh it's quite an interesting thing about the chicory tip song uh which we all know as uh oh billy 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 bombs um but a lot of clubs claimed it for their own uh one of which was qpr who said it was for Rodney Marsh, and they reckon that they came up with it for Rodney right. Marsh. But that seems really unlikely to me. Yeah. Because it feels like Billy 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 sort of suits that thing better than Rodney, 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 Rodney. Rodney. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like that would really, that would really go. Uh, and uh, Yes, yeah, so I was wondering about, I am sort of wondering about that. I, I assumed we were first with the uh, It's Son of My Father, isn't it, by Chickory tick Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sort of thought we were the first to that one.
3: Yeah, we were definitely the first. You reckon? Yeah, of course we were.
0: <laughs> that thing. Who, who was the Dimitri Payet song, which is Achy Breaky Heart, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, who was that about? That was another club about one of their players. Before we, was it
1: Arsenal? Was it Arsenal and Özil, or did they do it after us? I can't remember exactly. Ah,
0: yeah, yes, it could have been Meza Özil at Arsenal. Yes, yes, and we appropriated it. Um, Improved, I, still... I would say. Sorry.
3: Improved it, I would say. Indeed. Oh yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's not because was cons- not consistently enough to have a song. Uh, they would start singing that song And then he'd do something shit While they were actually singing the song <laughs> that they would have to stop Or switch to a song about a shit player That they don't like um, I was thinking When I was thinking about these songs That that um, uh, Everywhere we go song Which a lot of clubs seem to be using now I actually don't know what the source material is For that song Does anyone know what that is? Yeah I wondered that I don't know Yeah Nope
3: do um, you remember um, the Charlie Nicholas song that we used to sing? What was that? Well, there was this one time when Arsenal were playing at West Ham and, and uh, someone was injured and Nicholas, Charlie Nicholas was standing on, the half, standing on the halfway line and the whole ground was singing, Nicholas, Nicholas, Charlie Nicholas, he gets the ball, he does fuck all, Charlie Nicholas.
0: Yeah, and yeah.
3: Started, I think he started crying. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. I was in tears actually remembering it. It was, it was very sad.
0: Um. That's been sung about a few players, hasn't it? The gets the ball and does fuck all song. Who
3: They're else is that? Years, though.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> um, who was that lone striker we had? Mike Newell. I remember. he wasn't being sung about but he was being he was just stepping on the ball falling over having a real nightmare game and he was really getting a kind of barracking from the fans and it sort of seared on my memory him turning around and shouting at the crowd I'm trying! (laughs) (laughs) Which was just the most sort of petulant thing I've sort of seen a footballer do Yeah Yeah um, there was that time when DeCanio was managing at Sunderland where I think they'd had a poor performance. The crowd were really booing at the end and he sort of went on the pitch and just tried to um, have a dialogue with like sort of, 10,000 people in one stand of the ground <laughs> just like <laughs> shouting at them sort of <laughs> in, you know, quite long sentence quite a monologue at them But of course none of them can hear because he's standing like a long way away from them just monologuing at them and that was in, a very strange... Italian. Yeah, in Italian. Yeah, exactly. It was a strange, strange, petulant uh, time.
3: Did you read that interview with him last week or the week before? No. Fantastic interview someone put up on Facebook.
0: He uh, Did you see his ball juggling whilst singing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles isolation vid? Yes,
3: God bless you. I'll have to look that up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's wearing quite a good uh, vintage sort of early 60s shirt, or maybe even very late 50s. I remember seeing Bobby Moore in that shirt. And uh, ball juggling whilst singing I'm Forever Blowing Bubbles. (laughs) Fantastic. in the shorts of a much smaller Man than him <laughs> uh, Yeah Yeah um, But yes yeah, so I wonder I'm, I'm wondering whether we Whether there were any, uh, were any Ones that we made Up songs that then other teams Might have kind of uh, uh, Used obviously that um, The Zamora That was in the kind of Public domain anyway mm. Wasn't it I think uh, so, yeah. that amore song we probably didn't you know um
1: there's I mean, there's the um there's the one which sort which of sort of started but it hasn't really sort of taken off loads there was the lanzini song to the uh eight no like lanzini yeah yeah yeah, that's, yeah. That's, i love that one but it just hasn't got enough grand swell of of you know sort of you know Dimitri Payet type song yet no. it's mean, brilliant
0: well, That's he true. kept getting injured, so people had to learn the lyrics again. <laughs> <laughs> He'd go missing for like three months with a dislocated shoulder or a ruptured cruciate knee ligament to come back and everyone had to learn the lyrics again yeah, and exactly. try and get it going.
3: Yeah, What happened to him? I mean, I know he was injured and everything, but what happened to him as a player? Just yeah, well, yeah His form him.
0: has
2: just fallen off a cliff, hasn't it? And yeah, it yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, alarming mm-hmm. really.
1: You should, to, to you should follow which, his, you know, follow his, uh, follow his, his um, his Instagram, um, and he's got a lovely apartment, lovely top, yeah. top floor apartment. He's doing kick ups on and stuff. It's lovely, um, yeah. and he's bleached his hair as well. So, um, it's all good then.
0: Yeah, yeah, all going well for him. God knows what they're going to be like when they get back. <laughs> get back to training. They'll
3: all have crew cuts. They'll yeah, old Sunday League teams.
0: Do you think any of them have been
2: doing like self-improving things? Well, no. Well. Do, you, do you think kind of, you know, Snowgrass might have been might have been you know learning the bagpipes or something like that,
3: <laughs> or you know, is any of them doing some some craft, you know. <laughs> No, they'll come back and there'll be like 11 blokes from the pub, you know, like the pub teams that would play the Sunday leagues. Yeah. If, you play, if you play Saturday football, those are really serious footballers, right? But if you play Sunday league, you go to the game on Saturday, so you couldn't play Saturday. Sunday was all the blokes who went to the pub on Saturday night, got tanked up, and then they come and play on Sunday, and there'd always be fights and everything. i do
2: like to think they'd be doing sort of more, like maybe Mark Noble's kind of like knitting PPE for the NHS or something
3: like that. Just so I felt really bad for Mark Noble this morning. What, up this morning, well, well, the thing about all those tweets from from the Orange Menace about about the Nobel Prize,
0: and yeah.
3: and he, he kept going on and on and on about this Nobel Prize and that um, <laughs> they should give back the Nobel prizes. And then I'm thinking of, of Mark Noble getting up this morning and thinking I can't even remember how you spell my fucking name anymore. Yeah, <laughs> is it Mark Noble? Mark Nobel? Mark? I'm so confused right now. I don't yeah. even know what day it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, to discover that he's trending on Twitter because of <laughs> remarks from the president. Yeah. yeah, he'll probably be known as Mark Nobel from now on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, God knows what they're going to be like. Why do you think? Because you, there was we're talking about sort of once you know once they decide that they can play again, they won't be able to play straight away. They'll need three se- three weeks of preseason or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I sort of. Um, <clears throat> Part of me is thinking, do they? (laughs) But there is that, you know, they are are rusty in the first few games of a new season, aren't they? I mean, you know, we've seen that ourselves. Uh, So I I don't know what they, you know, what sort of practice they need. They are, obviously, they've all got home gyms. They've all got, like, spin bikes in their basements and stuff, haven't they? They'll all have, you know, full-on home gyms. So you think when they start the games again,
3: every time someone gets the ball, they'll just be doing keepy-uppy until someone takes it off them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. They, they, they'll have forgotten how to play nicely with others and <laughs> just be running around. They'll they'll be wondering why there aren't cones out on the pitch. Yeah, um, yes. So, uh, but um, when we do start again, I think we're sort of, uh, we're only off the bottom on goal difference, aren't we? uh we're the same we're the same points as the teams yeah, in, you
2: know. but only on goal difference i think
0: yeah yeah so uh um i mean it's it's funny isn't it i mean a, a lot of teams were i mean bournemouth b- 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 part of the reason they were playing so badly is that their entire uh team was injured and now all of their players are going to be uh fit again presumably uh and uh so uh it's going to be you know Quite a level playing field, and our, our uh, the advantage that we thought we were going to have in that that run in of games seemed like it might be sort of favourable to us. That might not be the case anymore. Yeah, I think it's all up in
2: there, isn't it? I mean, it's like you know, so, so much can seem to change between you know the end of one season, and the beginning of the next. Anyway, it'll be yeah. like a new season, and mm. uh, you know, suddenly. Yeah, as you say, different levels of fitness and form come into it. You know, um, it, it's uh, there's going to be no continuity with what's gone before. It's like a you know, like a start again. On that basis, on the face of it, on paper, we have got a reasonable <laughs> set of fixtures, I suppose. But
3: um, yeah, don't know. It's, well, how's that going to work then? I mean, the lottery. You can't play all those fixtures before the end of the season, which is like in a couple of weeks. Well, and then I, you're going to. The next season well, starting in August, so
0: because the Euros aren't on, they'll feel they can probably play throughout yeah. the summer. And yeah,
3: but they've they got well season starting in August,
2: so yeah, and they might put it back. They might they might start the next season later. I mean,
0: I don't know. I mean, they might be able to, you know, play a little more frequently, have some more midweek games, and uh, play in, you know, start in mid June and finish late July and then start the new season in September rather than August. You know, I mean, they've had a long rest. While they've, you know, <laughs> while they've been in isolation, they've had a long rest. I mean, they're only going to come back and play. Wh- how many games have they got to go? Ten, something like that?
2: Yeah. So- yeah, my, my worst fear is that they, they'll sort of work out that they can't finish it all. They'll want to play enough games for Liverpool to get their two wins so that they've won the... So they can actually hand the title to someone, and then they'll come up with some kind of um, you know um, weird algorithmic kind of um, formula for um, you know. I like think they'll, they'll form a kind of brain trust with Henry Winter as the expert, <laughs> yeah. and they'll come up. And you just know that in that kind of kind of kind of throwing it all up and working out proportionately who might have done. You know, like the, like the pools panel, you know, uh, yeah. everyone will decide West Ham will, would go down. Yeah. Because the direct, that, because you need West to come Ham. up
3: with a formula for the end of the season, the end result of which is that West Ham get relegated. That would be the, you
2: know. Yeah, that would be part of the aim of the thing.
3: Right, right.
2: <laughs> yeah. I I, think, I dread that idea. I think that's that that would be so. You know, that would be in a way more unsatisfaction than just saying, "Well, let's just write this this one off mm. and um, start go again." You know, which I think is still a possibility.
1: Well, you don't know, do you? Unfortunately, I mean, I mean, it's one of those things where you see so so many other. You know, football is sort of the pyramid system. You know, the lower leagues have called it off now and, um, and obviously the Scottish lower leagues and stuff and they're still debating yeah. obviously the, in, terms of, in terms of Celtic winning the league and stuff. But, you know, they're having cons- you know, discussions now whether they're going to go with a 14-league you know, team and everyone has to move up one. Um, you know, it, whatever happens, there's going to be, um, you know, if they unless they play every, every game, there's going to be very similar to the Sheffield United sort of debacle yes. where there was, there'll be everyone suing everyone and it exactly. will all happen again. So um, they, there's no way they have, they have to play all the games. And if it means that then the next season, the sort of close season is, you know, two weeks off and they start again, as, as Phil says, they've already had you know, six weeks off now. So that's almost a season. you know, it's almost the, the closed season anyway. So, um Yeah. I don't think anyone knows really. I think everyone's sort of watching everyone else, um, all the other leagues, to see what they're going to decide and say. Oh, yeah, we'll we'll do that one. Yeah,
0: I can see them doing some kind of uh, quite intensive, sort of closed door, sort of uh, tournament. They might. There was a little talk of sort of finding four locations or something, or or like you know six locations. isolating the players and playing all of them in those four locations yeah. like you know the euros or something like that you know and um making it essentially for tv yeah yeah,
2: yeah. well that would solve the problem with the various contracts that
0: they've got with the tv broadcasters wouldn't it i suppose yeah yeah not very satisfactory though is it sort of not no. kind of the moral heart of the game uh, to have this thing that's basically just for telly.
2: <laughs> and those games, they're really weird when they're played in big, echoey stadiums. With, no, I remember what, um, watching on the telly that, that that game we played. When there was crowd trouble in the um, Cup, Winners' Cup, we ended up playing Real Madrid reserves, didn't we? Do you remember? In, the, uh, in an empty Upton Park. It's really weird watching the video of that, you know, the kind of shouts of the players echoing around this empty yeah. stadium. It just doesn't feel
0: right, you know. No, it must be. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. We yeah. sort of need our fans to get behind us, you know, for these closing games.
3: They could pipe. They could pipe in some audio.
1: Yeah, mm, I know a man who does. He can do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but is, is it the, um, is it the, it's one of the German teams, they've paid for your, you know, if you're a fan, you can pay for your cardboard cutout to be put in the stand. And so, um, so, you know, <laughs> so for, I don't know, 20 euros or whatever, you get your, your cardboard cutout in the stand. So when they go back to playing empty, empty stadiums, at least there's, you know, your face, so to speak, and they
0: could they could do it on Zoom and have <laughs> fifty thousand people on the big on the big screen, <laughs> screen
1: Or the, the gallery mode, Watch yeah.
0: Both ends, yeah. put two more along the side as well in the long stands, and uh, have it in front of an audience watching it on Zoom, and uh, uh, amplify their cheering. That yeah. could <laughs> be, that could be the way, like a massive uh, massive aerobics class. Uh, that'd be very good. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, so here we are still in our holding pattern, still wondering uh, what exactly is going to happen. Um, yeah. Um, and that might be the sad note that we uh, we leave you on with this uh, stop hammer time. Um, speaking of which, Ross, you've got a very, uh, quite a sophisticated looking home audio setup there.
1: Well, I've I bought a mic <laughs> Yeah I bought a mic um, No as I said so, You know it's it's um, Yes trying, trying something a bit new Obviously with yeah. COVID-19 Everyone's getting a bit creative So uh, yeah I'm going to be doing a, a YouTube se- series soon um, right. Interviewing uh, All of you as well hopefully yeah. um, Finding out about your um, Your Hammers 11 um, So you know Oh yeah great Yeah so oh, yeah. about so it's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Um, I think we did I think that it was it might have been the club actually, about two thousand three did one and they polled five hundred fans to say who were their favourite West Ham players, a dream team, and obviously you had just sent to, you know your Phil Parks and Bobby Moore and Trevor Brooking, I never saw any of these guys play. Yeah. Um so you know, I could say Smashia Boo or or Kevin you know kevin nolan or keith roland you know so it's we're going to interview lots of people all the way across the world lots of different ages and find out their hammers 11 not just their best players it could be um the the players as as steve suggested you shouted at most as as you know as a kid (laughs) or um you know your foreign 11 your foreign hammers 11 or your only played 10 games for us 11 you know so it should be really good fun but it means Yeah, yeah So, uh, yes, an appeal to all West Ham fans. um, We're going to be starting that project very soon.
0: Good. Uh, It sounds really good, yeah. Watching that sort of uh, uh, quite a few hours of uh, that 89 season, we had three players who had great shots from outside the box in uh, Martin Allen, Julian Dix and Slater. Uh, it's, it's loads of like twenty-yard, twenty-five-yard pile drivers just going in all the time, and you're just wondering where those players have gone. Yeah. They don't put anything on them either. They don't. There's no bend on them. They don't. They don't know. They are. They don't rise above like chess level, and they just go in like a fucking rocket. And uh, I, why doesn't anyone I, do that anymore? I,
2: well, I think football technology is the actual balls themselves. Uh, are, I think are sort of slightly. Kind of light and whatever. And uh, and um, I think a lot of modern football tactics are around not, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of statistical analysis that says, I mean, under Allardyce, he, he more or less banned people from shooting. Yeah, at yeah. Box because his, yeah, his he wouldn't want to do that. Yeah,
0: you
2: know, proportionately more goals are scored from inside the six yard box or something. And you know, I, I, yeah, I was struck by just how many 25, 30 yarders used to go flying in.
0: That yeah, Slater. Good. Slater has a go all the time. Yeah, yeah. It was great, so Martin wasn't Martin Allen, you're right. He, he was a God, big What digger. a shot he had. Yeah. He was um, a great player, Martin Allen. Great player. Yeah.
2: Apart from, you know, a few from Scotty Parker, that one from Obiang at Spurs a couple of years ago.
0: They, yeah. All, you're hard pushed to think no, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah.
2: But there was was Tevez
3: against West Ham.
0: outside the box for Forrest. Sorry, what's that, Steve?
3: There was Tevez against West Ham.
0: Yeah, yes. Ah, Yeah, Yeah, we've certainly had a few against us, haven't we? Uh, Didn't Rooney and Beckham both lob the keeper for Man U? Yes. Yeah. And halfway line lobbing the keeper.
2: Yeah, but the yeah. only one should have been disallowed because he fouled Tomkins before he... Oh, he
0: did, didn't he? Yeah. 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 really yeah, so cool. yeah. yeah, yeah. And how's that Zoom classes going for you in uh, Pacifica, Steve? Are you oh. enjoying it? Yeah, I, I actually am. I, I'm quite happy doing this
3: because um, got, uh, attendance has been really good and then I've got a lot of time during the day and I've been going through my old archives. Uh, I spent the last few weeks working on a Style Council book Um that someone's doing and I'm supplying a lot of pictures for it. So I've been oh, great. rediscovering lots of old red wedge pictures as well.
0: Yeah. I saw those that you uh, put up on Facebook. Yeah.
3: There's some great pictures there. Yeah. I've got, I've got so many, I found a fantastic one this morning because I put a picture on Twitter and then Billy Bragg retweeted it. And then Gary Kemp retweeted it because he was in a picture with Billy Bragg. Right. And he was reminiscing about the Manchester gig, the red wedge gig in 86, which was at the Apollo. And, um, Johnny Marr played on that gig. And, um, Said there's no video, but um, they were on stage at one point. Weller, Johnny Marr, Gary Kemp from Spanner Ballet, and Billy—they're all playing guitar on stage. And I, I found a picture of it this morning, scanned it, and and tweeted it, it on Facebook. So there's Junior Discom there, and Jimmy Somerville from the Communards, and and but everyone's spaced out, so you can actually see everyone as well. There's Weller over here, and uh, Johnny Marr's in the back, but you can see him. Billy's up on the left, and um, just. Really been fun going through all those uh, old pictures because that was a pretty special time. And actually, some of those pictures I haven't printed any yet. Right at the side of the stage, you can see Tim Ross. He's just oh, wow. he's standing on the side of the stage and he's clearly like encroaching like when De was manager.
0: Yeah.
3: Boy, yeah. get back in the shadows over there. He's like, oh, just give me a guitar, give me a, give, me a, give me a tambourine, give me something to bang. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: So yeah. Is, is he a West Ham fan? I Tim don't Ross. know. No
0: idea. You'd have thought we'd
3: have heard if he was, wouldn't you? You would, you would think so. But, you know, he played um, the lead role in an American show called Lie to Me.
0: Uh, I didn't know that, but. And,
3: and in the show, so he has his own company. He's in New York and he has his own company and he can detect lying. So they have all this technology and that he gets hired when people need to find out if someone lying about something. Yeah. And he's a West Ham fan and he, he comes back at one point. He goes back to London. He comes back in a West Ham scarf and he's at the airport. And um, someone asked him how West Ham got on. He said, oh, yeah, it's great. They won 4-3. Right,
0: right. (laughs) It's wonderful (laughs) fiction. The world of fiction is great because you get all the results you you like. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant um i did a uh, a gig once with uh, one half of the show was an impro show and the other half was billy bragg and it was in glasgow and it was in um uh, a sort of a church hall as a sort of outreach thing to kind of like slightly you know uh less well-off areas of glasgow i think this was easter house and um at the time, Billy, Char- Billy Bragg was at number one in the charts because there was a double A-side single of Beatles <coughs> covers, and the A-side was "Wet, Wet, Wet" doing uh, with a little bit of help with a little help from my friends, and the B-side of it was "She's Leaving Home" by Billy Bragg. He was at number one in the charts, and uh, the audience was to six, to six six children <laughs> for, this, for this thing <laughs> on a sort of wet like, Wednesday
3: afternoon. My class earlier, I was just listening to that. She's Leaving Home. The Beatles version or his version? The Billy Bragg version. Oh right! Wow! How funny! So, so quick, Billy Bragg story. Um, I was in a long, long time ago when I was talking about '83. I was in New York, staying at the uh, Hotel Iroquois, and there was a diner on the corner with my old mate Johnny Waller, who died a long, long time ago, sadly. And we went in there for breakfast, and we saw Billy Bragg and um, Pete Jenner, his manager. And um, I can't remember the guy's name. He used to run Go uh, Go Disc Records. Oh, yeah. So me and Johnny looked at each other. We said, yeah, let's do this. So we walked over to them. We just started singing. I have forever blowing bubbles because we knew that Billy was oh, a Sam Panda. I never met him before. And um, we, came, we became good mates over that. Got some great pictures over there in New York and um, took pictures of him dozens of times since then.
0: At uh, the time I met you in San Francisco, my sketch group had just done a show and you came into the dressing room singing <laughs> I'm Forever Blowing Is <laughs> it's, it's basically, has that replaced hello for how you greet people now? <laughs> singing
1: your greeting. You can't, you can't fist bump anything, so that's probably the best thing you that's, can do yeah, to yeah. identify yourselves.
0: Yeah, like bird song. That's like how birds <laughs> greet each other in the mornings by singing.
1: Did anyone
3: ever do this before? Tevez started doing it. I don't remember this when I was like, a kid. When I was, I was thinking about the other
0: day. No, yeah, I can't I remember. Hammonds. No,
3: no. Yeah. I, think, they, I, I think mean, there are
2: photographs of people doing it from from further further ago, but he certainly kind of, you know, in the modern era, kind of brought it, brought it back.
0: Yeah, he? brought it back, didn't he?
2: And did no. it as a Man United player, of course. At
3: the he hand did. He scored that, that goal, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 That power driver. Didn't he do yeah. this? He scored the power driver.
0: Well, he played a couple of times, didn't he? I mean, there was one, there was one game where he had to be taken off because he was so shit. Maybe he'd scored that goal and then fell apart, but he, he, he really didn't play very well for them, for us. And I think it was a little bit because his heart wasn't in it because he he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to humiliate us. Um. Well, maybe we should wrap this up at this point, gentlemen. Uh, this has been very uh, uh, pleasurable. Uh, our first uh, uh, international uh, stop hammer time uh, under lockdown, uh, so that's very good. Good president to get going, and um, yeah, it'd be great, um, Russ, to hear about your uh, eleven great hammers thing. I think you have posted on the Facebook page about it, haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it a few more times, and uh, yeah. like I said, got a good got a good response already. But um, obviously, sounds else, really good. Brilliant, right?
0: All right. I'm uh, Paul Whelans. With me have been uh, uh, Jim Grant. Uh, Here we go. Uh, it's uh, Russ Bennett uh Steve Steve Rapport. And if I can Steve. just say
3: before we go, because I'm not allowed to say this on the BBC, um, fuck Trump.
0: Yes. <laughs> well
3: Today, tomorrow, yesterday, every day. Yeah. Thanks for <laughs> that.
0: All right. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Talk to you later. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Okay. Then. Bye.
2: This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.